Hello, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Direct Input Podcast. Today is Thursday, July 27th in the year 2017. We are at Ralph's Rock Diner, sitting down with the drummer extraordinaire of the headliner tonight at Metal Thursday number 347, Mr. Colin Conway of fucking uh, Soul Remnants. How are you, sir? Uh, Mid to upper fierce. Upper fierce? Mid to upper fierce, yeah. Is that like a Mortal Kombat strength or something it's like that? Probably something like that, yeah. It's just something some old friends of mine used to say. Really? Yeah. Like uh, it, I like using it. Because you're like fucking charging up your fucking special attack fucking mode. Yeah. But it's like you're not fully there yet. <laughs> you're just, you're kind of halfway. You're at 75%. Yeah. Maybe maybe 85%. <laughs> you, dr- you drummers have a lot of pent-up energy, I find. Have to, for the, this kind of extremity, yeah, of course. You fucking, uh, you're a good-looking guy. You got, Thanks. Like, you got, like, dreadlocks. You're pretty cool for a dreadlock <laughs> dude. Fucking, how's a guy who gets so pretty like you? What's he doing? Um, be vegetarian for nine years. Really? As we were just discussing <laughs> prior to this going on on the record. Um, is it about the I animals or the I don't diet? Know if, I don't know if it really is. Um, uh, uh, what question am I answering now? How do I look so pretty, or is it about the animals? Well, yeah, is it about the animals or just fucking having a good diet? Um, I started, honestly, just by uh, getting food poisoning. Really? Yeah, and it was kind of like in the back of my mind to, to kind of go that, that route anyway. Um, once I started learning how to cook and make my own food. I can't believe we're actually starting this off as on this type of tip right now. It's all good. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. It's Where'd you get po- uh, food poisoning from? Uh, chicken, really? Yeah, and it was it was fairly easy for me to transition over. And, you know, it's just kind of uh, it's it's a little rough sometimes. You know, particularly in the small hours of the morning when the only thing you have is truck stops. So oh yeah, to stop in. But other than that, yeah, I, I have to keep you know like a bar with me at all times, some type of protein bar or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But um, back to your first question. Um, <laughs> I actually I, I work out a lot. I probably don't look like I do because I'm small, kind of small. But uh, I definitely have a pretty good workout routine. As you get older, you kind of have to. Yeah. Can't really just can't do what I was doing when I was 21, 22, just touring and drinking every night. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, so there's definitely that that's that comes into that's a factor in it. Um, try to just treat myself well, you know. I still drink a lot, but I think that's like the only really bad thing I do for myself. Right. Yeah, we all have that vice in the end, you yeah. know. Yeah. Well, it is what. We're it in is. the golden age of beer, man. Ugh. I can't. It's hard to. It's hard to really say no. Especially when you're out on the road and you find some sort of uh, extravagant, exotic, of course. you know, fucking uh, well-pursued beer and shit. Well, I mean, we're so close to Vermont. You know, there's some good breweries up in Maine now. We have some great stuff here in Massachusetts. So, it's all around, dude. I got. We just had Treehouse put in down the street from me. I heard good things. Uh, Incredible. Yeah. Incredible beer. I think I might have actually recently had one. Uh, A friend of mine. uh, I'm trying to remember what it was. It might have been like a double, double dry hopped IPA of theirs or something. I mean, who who isn't doing that now? Right. But I had one of those. It was called the Haze. Comes in a purple can. Mm. Fucking electric color. Cool. Oh, it's phenomenal. Phenomenal. Down in Uxbridge. I'm with the Spencer. I'm out oh, in like the Spencer. S- yeah, the fucking Starbridge area oh, now. Oh wow, man! You're okay. So you are out there. Yeah. Oh yeah, guy. <laughs> I'm closer to Hartford than anything else now. Yep. Well, that's a half hour or so, something like that. Yeah. Would you stop playing in bands? 
Um, I think I was 12. God 12, damn. 13. I originally started, uh, before I knew how to play drums, I was singing. Okay. Or actually, I was a guitar player well before any of that. Um, so I just kind of, you know, met up with some people, started stuff in like high school, and it just unraveled from there, going into the Boston scene or whatever. Yeah, did you like, what clubs was it? Like the channel and... Oh, no, no, I wasn't that old school, unfortunately. I heard great things about the channel, but, you know, it was more like, at that time, back in high school, it was VFW halls and Knights of Columbus or whatever, uh, British American Club in Fitchburg. Really? They yeah, have one yeah. of those? I've never heard of that. Yeah, we had that type of stuff going on, and then, um, you know... The BAC. Yeah, and ha. then you know, I got in with some, some bands out of Boston, and you know, it became like went to like Bill's Bar, and uh, what was before House of Blues, there was Axis, mm-hmm. you know... There's a whole stretch of clubs there. There was. I saw Coxbara at uh, the Comic Club, which is like a gay club. Fucking like, I don't even, is it still there? I don't. Nah. I don't even know what Karma Club is. It was a gay club. Fucking like, it was like right next to fucking Access or uh, something like that. I don't know. Huh. Maybe, fuck. I, yeah, I know Ramrod him. is down there, down in that area, but it's not on Lansdowne Street. It's around the corner. Oh, okay. So, across from Guitar Center. Oh. The guitar center moved. Weren't they on Carmel Ave, though, for the longest time? Um, they still must be, right? Where they move. I think that is I think that is Carmel Ave. Okay. I could be wrong. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, no. The Carmel Ave went up by BU. Yeah, it's been gone for a while. They moved to uh, the Fens. Okay. Which is, I think, Which would explain Beacon why it would be Street. Yeah, it's okay. Beacon Street. I believe. No shit. So, growing up, were you going to more Boston shows? Than yeah. I used to actually go to a lot of shows. Um basically if there were they had to be all ages um obviously you know so like whenever there was like a middle east show i would definitely curse out the middle east because there were some phenomenal shows that came through back in the 90s that i just could not get to right um you know uh but fortunately you know there was at that time there was more all ages stuff than there is now um one great club in particular was in fitchburg it was called club 490 saw some amazing shows there and that was like the birth of like that place of the birth of many great bands that came out of this area. Um, and I got to see Sam Black Church there. I got to see Only Living Witness, Overcast. You know, that was pre-metalcore. Yeah. You know, all that. So. It's interesting that a lot of people really shit all over metalcore. Um, but back in the mid-90s, it was totally its own. It was a new thing. It was a new thing. It was really good. They weren't singing about, you know, it didn't proliferate into this, like, singing about broken hearts and and just you know didn't have that uh, i wouldn't want to say emo structure but like it wasn't as wimpy yeah it was definitely a little bit more yeah a little bit more um abrasive yeah and and it shows in some of those bands earlier records too so i mean i'm not gonna i'm not gonna hate on it you know i I like some of those bands um where i liked them you know when they were around uh especially when they were coming out in that scene because it was definitely something new Know. Yeah, like we were saying, we were talking earlier about how you kind of like everything. So oh yeah, well it's yeah, true. I like country, yeah. you know, and shit <laughs> like that. Steve's up here playing fucking, uh, fucking God is good, fucking beer is great, and people are crazy. <laughs> I want to get the koozie to match it. Fucking like, that'd be it. So tell me about how you got involved with writing as as a wee lad. It's it's kind of like a well known lore about you that you were. 
It's it, well known? Yeah, locally. See, it's, it's. I think it's like something that people find out and they're surprised. Like, I, don't, I feel like, like no one knows about that. Dude, you were like this little kid. Yeah. Like doing interviews for, was it like Metal Maniacs or something uh, like that? Rip Magazine. Rip Magazine. Yeah, I got hired when I was 12. <laughs> Actually, I got hired when I was 11. I started, I made my debut when I was 12. So I had like my own column. How'd you land the gig? Uh, oh, dude, I used to just, um, so the uh, editor, Lon Friend, he had like this syndicated radio show across the country. And um, I think here it was on WAAF. And it was like at night, you know, on Saturday nights. So one night I was just channel surfing through the radio stations. And uh, I think I heard something like Slayer or something really heavy. It was 1993, 1992-ish. I don't remember when. But uh, it was, uh, uh, you know, my ears perked up. And he had an 800 number. So I'd actually just call in. And every week I'd call in and kind of bug him about bands and you know like all this stuff because I was so enthusiastic and into it which has never really stopped it's nev- that's never changed but um, I'd talk to him about all these cool bands that I'm discovering and he's like man you're way too underground and then at one point he started sending me CDs and shirts of like cool promo stuff of like you know obituary, death, cannibal corpse all these promos from like you know really underground labels um, and then uh, one time he had a uh, an episode with Chuck Schuldiner and Chris Barnes. <laughs> um, Chuck Schuldiner from Death, Chris Barnes of Cannibal Corpse at the time. Um, and then he had me basically like kind of ask them questions on the air. And at this, t- this was 1993, so I was like 11 at the time. And then basically Lon was like, hey, man, I'm going to give you a job writing for Rip. He's like, you're pretty knowledgeable with this stuff, so... <laughs> yeah, I, I got to start writing, you know, for Rip, and I was like emulating, you know, I was collecting zines and stuff at that time, so I was basically just emulating the type of like vernacular that you'd see in in these fanzines and whatnot. So yeah, it was basically like a, you know, it was sixth grade level, you know, English <laughs> and uh, or literature or whatever, and uh, you know, writing about these bands coming out. Um, so I think that that answers the question. Right? Yeah, no, yeah. no, it's good. I mean, yeah. it's like I've seen pictures. I think it was like you and Trey Agazoff or something. Uh, uh, Dave Vincent. Dave yeah, Vincent. <laughs> and uh, there was one recently surfaced with internal bleeding. Really? Because of uh, you know with Bill and all. Yeah, and, totally. um, and yeah, so people were starting to post that. Like on, I remember seeing it on Facebook a couple times. And Chris Prevelis and I, uh, we were down at Hobbs Fest like two weeks ago, and we had a laugh about that. Oh, you went to Hobbs Fest? Yeah. I've been trying to get down there for a minute, and I it's fucking Port Jefferson Station. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a great party. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, and it was like it was a good homage to to Bill, because um, Internal Bleeding played. Uh, it's at Terrence's backyard. Yeah, Mr. Hobbs hosts yeah. this party every year. Yep. It's uh, I hear it's quite the fucking barbecue to start with. It but is. But there's like literally a little ten by ten tent or some shit, right? And mm-hmm. suffocation plays. Uh, I think they made they had a stage this year. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh. and uh, a lot of fireworks, huge bonfire, a lot of kegs, a bar. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, <laughs> porta potties thing. <laughs> really? Yeah, and it's just you know a bunch of like I don't know. There's definitely like you know some people coming in from like around the city, and then there's definitely like a towny element there too. Mm. Which is like a Long Island towny element, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> we tour with them, and I know Bo lives over there too. 
fucking uh, who's like the tech with uh, suffocation. I, yeah, I don't, I don't. Even know. though the dude, Bold, you see Boulder, Bo, oh Bo, just Bo, yeah, Bo. Mike Bo, yeah. It's a good dude. Cool. Yeah, yeah. that's a good time, man. They're all right for a bunch of Yankee fans, some suffocation guys, those yeah. fellas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you give them hell for that. <laughs> oh, we fucking go back and forth. Dehumanize. That's the one. Fucking Rich. Me and him will fucking yep. break balls about it all day. Uh, they played that, too. They I were would, down there. I love Dehumanize. Yeah. I haven't heard anything from them since, like, Prophecies, Prophecies Foretold. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, seriously, it's been that long. So. Did John Dwyer charge you for a promo back then? That fucking creep. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Did he ever uh, have you on the metal cage? No, I think, <laughs> I think John hooked me up with that. Uh, I'm pretty sure he, he hooked me up. There you go, John. Um, I think, or maybe we did a trade. Because huh. at one point I was doing a distro at shows too. So Really? John and I were both uh, direct competitors. How'd you yeah. get a distro? Um, actually, it kind of all goes back to writing for Rip. Because I only had a uh, one page in that magazine. So people would write in like, "Hey, you need you need to do something more. Like one page isn't enough for all this death and black metal stuff." So I started a zine, and then by starting a zine, I started a record label and had like a little distro going. So I just I'm like 13, 14, I just call up labels like Odin at Moribund and I used to do pretty good uh, business together. Just consignment stuff. Um, any some some bands that I'd cover in my zine, like if they had demos or CDs, I would I'd reach out to them and try to support them. Um, I wasn't really good at keeping invoices, so sorry to any of the bands if I never paid them. <laughs> <laughs> the, the $5 I probably owe them, I don't know. He's um, 14. What are you going to do? Yeah, I mean, I always <laughs> tried to, I always tried to like, keep up on it, you know. Almost failed out of high school because of it. But going back to um, the distro, yeah. Um, I just set up at some shows. And then uh, my friend Rich, who used to do Lost Disciple Records. Rich Fataldo. Yeah, Fataldo, yeah. He, uh... Shit. That's uh, back when they used to vend at the Palladium. Like a downstairs yeah, Palladium yeah. show. You could go yep. to the downstairs Palladium show and you would have local distros there set up. And Rich was a regular. I fucking bought None So Vile from him. Yep. I bought a ton of, like all those Osmos albums. It was the only place I could find them back he then and shit. He had a great thing going for a long time, dude. Yeah. Yeah, his label was, was definitely um, quite prolific for a couple of years. And then at one point, every label in, in the United States just died. It was like... Lost Disciple, Necropolis, Full Moon Productions, gone. About 2002, you know? 2003, yeah, I mean, it was pretty much full backlash from Napster, yeah, yeah. which was fucking... There was a lot of, like, you know, a lot of the interest faded. Yeah. You know, so... It's a weird transition time, though, when you, uh, you've been through it. I mean, you're a li- little older than me, but 99, 2004, 5 was kind of a weird period, in my opinion. I mean, because, like, there's yeah. a lot of stuff. I think the scene really lost touch with a lot of the roots of the 80s stuff, which has come back super hard nowadays. Uh, let me put it into this perspective. There was nobody with patched jackets when I was coming up, going oh, to yeah, shit. Yeah. There was nothing like that. There was nothing retro or anything. Nobody wanted to be retro, there, really. There actually was in the late 90s. If you remember, like, those black thrash bands coming out of Sweden. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Necropolis had, a, like, a sub-label. Uh, I forget what it was called. But even on a local eleven call, like no, no, there, was there wasn't nothing. anything like that here. Right. I mean, I think that's. I mean, not to talk, you know, shit about anyone. I know you have a, a battle jacket too, but yeah, I got mine <laughs> like five years ago, kid. But, like, no, I know, but I think that's it's definitely a trend. Yeah. And um, I see it, and I, I almost think like, and don't think this is the wrong way, but I, it's like the it's like the new affliction shirt to me. Really? <laughs> yeah. Because you, you see all these people like they have like all these jackets. It's like yeah, cool. I love it. I mean, I think it's a great thing, but it's almost like a trend now. 
you know, and I used to have the patched jacket and stuff back in high school, but... Yeah, the Affliction shirt's usually a red flag for rape. I see that, I'm like, oh, God, <laughs> yeah. this guy. I mean, I'm making kind of a <laughs> brazen joke there, honestly. That's yeah, all good. It's not like, I'm not really, like, really, like, down-talking anyone that has them, and in fact, I mean, I think it's... I like smuggling to do that. I think it's a great thing. Smuggling large amounts of marijuana mm-hmm. and cans of beer is very handy for the vests. If I don't understand why anybody would need a vest for any other yeah. reason. <laughs> like Look, man, I mean the guys and the guys in Soul Remnants have them too, so Oh yeah. I just I don't have one. I mean, I just I've always been like a jeans and t-shirt guy. Yeah, for yeah. the most part. The occasional bullet belt. Yeah. No shit. Yeah. But you came up in this area though where around 2000 a lot of bands are sounding like Gothenburg. A yeah. A lot of At The yeah. Gates. Yeah. Beyond the Sixth Seal. Big yep. deal. Um, yeah. You know, band, uh, Year of Our Lord. Yep. Were you yep. involved with Year of Our Lord? I was. Yep. I was a drummer um, after the second album was recorded. So, we, you know, the extent of what we actually did with me and the band was minimal. But, um, you know, we got to play Hellfest. Not the French Hellfest, but um, Hellfest. Oh, the Jersey one. Uh, it was upstate like New York at that time. Oh, okay. I think it was Rochester. Or Syracuse. Okay. And, um, yeah, we played that. And that was, like, right before a lot of bands got very big. That was, like, I think it was 2002. I mean, Killswitch played it. Uh, Bleeding Through, 18 Visions. All these bands that no one really knew of, and then all of a sudden they blew up for about four or five years. Mm-hmm. You know, and some of them are still still going. But yeah, uh, I, I I suppose we're part of that movement. Um, before I really even knew the guys in Year of Our Lord, though, I I always thought they were one of those bands that really locked that sound down oh. and, and and did it very well for oh. an American band. So and that was like the beginning of something here. They were really on to something, so I have absolutely no shame in saying I was part of that. Oh, I completely know. agree. That was the first band I actually remember hearing on Nasty Habits. It was during Live Music Week, 88.9. Yeah. Yep. And I used to listen to Boston Unseen prior. It was like an old punk show and, you know, all that. It was like 96, 97. Just kept it up. Yep. But Year of Alloy played, and it was the first time I ever heard a local band really do something like that. There was, a, there was one band prior to that. You might even be familiar from Franklin called Dead Tree Sway. They were tight with uh, Seven Day Curse. I remember Seven Day Curse. Well, Seven Day Curse is yep. certainly in a league with that whole fucking era. They were know? definitely very Dark Tranquility for yep. their t- for that time. It yeah, was, it was a huge sound. Yeah, huge sound. And the heart, like uh, oddly enough, like those bands were very very metal. Somehow the hardcore scene here embraced them. So so many people were like, oh, they're a hardcore band or a metalcore band. It's like no way, dude. Like that's. Definitely. I mean, there was a lot of at the gates worship, very dark tranquility style, some in flames or whatever. But there was not one breakdown in any of those bands. No. Like there wasn't any sort of generic chugga chugga stuff. No, you know? no. Yeah, that's definitely a fact. It's kind of weird how suddenly around fucking two thousand five and six, yeah, everything got brutal. Fucking like suddenly, pretty much. You know. I mean, there were definitely. Uh, are you saying in, in yeah this in this scene, general this area? Scene? I mean, it was always some ba- like in Dire Need was a fucking force, you know. Like they, you know, yeah. they'd have breakdowns and shit like I that. Was a <coughs> in Dire Need, um, Shading the End is another band. one. I, you know, some of these bands, I, I I recognize the names and I I just can't remember them. There was so many bands that were coming out at that time, mm-hmm. like every band from Massachusetts. And you know, granted, when I when I played in Kenai, 
they were definitely good friends of mine who were like super metalheads saying what the hell are you doing in that band don't join that band it's not like your style but they were good buds of mine and I mean dude you know if you wanted a tour you wanted to get out there and play in a band that was doing something and you were from this area you kind of had to join up with that kind of click absolutely you know there was no way you were emerging out of Massachusetts as a death metal band or as a even a black metal band I mean you could but you wouldn't get the same kind of I suppose attention this relates perfectly to uh, my buddies in Goratory, yeah, who joined Burning Silence, right? Which is the exact opposite fucking metalcore fucking thing. Yeah. But it's like I remember sitting in that house, being like, <laughs> "We really want to fucking play music, but we can't do it in fucking death metal. So we're gonna go fucking sign with Prosthetic and fucking yeah. go out there and fucking do a, you know six months of touring." I and mean, support. you know, we we definitely. Uh, the Kanai record that I was a part of, I'm, I can definitely say that it, it got much more death metal, more a little bit more melodic too. Um, so I have trouble. I think a lot of these death. people really kind of stuck to that. They really stuck to their guns as far as keeping some sort of uh, semblance of death metal in their sound. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's it's hard to say that it's trend hopping. But again. It, it's it's hard to find five guys all on the same page willing to do all the same thing and somewhere in the middle you have to meet if one guy in the band's a hardcore guy one guy's a death metal guy another guy is pretty pragmatic and likes both you're gonna find some sort of medium in the middle you know yeah absolutely it's kind of an interesting thing though because you do bring up the hardcore scene and it's like it's something you don't find anymore and specifically I remember there was years ago at the Palladium there was um a tour called Summer Slaughter, which really wasn't the Summer Slaughter that was fucking what we know today. Yeah. But talking about Rich and Lost Disciple Records, it was like yeah. it's like three bands got kicked off. It was like Impaled, Enter Self, and um, Christ. It was some like Cinnery, I think it was, or something like that. They all got booted off this show, and fucking like Blood has been shed, Kill Switch, and Diecast like replaced them. And uh, it was just like, oh, it was such a common fucking occurrence. You'd go fucking see Vader, and you got to sit through fucking, you know, a kill switch engaged set. It's like, what the fuck is um, going on? And watch fucking yeah. all these people leave and shit. I think, you um, know? I think that might have been a network. I don't want to say political, but I'd say that's more of a, that was more of a network. I know that like mass concerts. Yeah, and uh, it's politics. You know, I mean, yeah. there were definitely, you know, guys in there who would get like bands they believed in. Uh, to open the show, which is no fault to them. I mean, that still happens in Boston, you know. Um, that still happens kind of everywhere. And and realistically, I mean, it kind of helped birth that scene. Now, if it's about bumping bands off to get like, your buddies' bands on, that sucks. That's disappointing, you know. Um, hell, I'd be pissed, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, so I don't remember that. I don't remember that show, though. I do remember Enter Self, though. That's a pretty cryptic name right there. Yeah, right? Yeah. From Tennessee. Yeah. Fucking, I was like, a, it was literally the first time I think Origin played um, in yeah. Massachusetts. I might be off on that, but it was like the self-titled Origin album mm. back when James Lee was singing with them and yeah. fucking quite oh, an man. event. So we're going back to like 99, 2000? Yeah. Skin, something like that? Like Skinless and Cataclysm were on it, oh, maybe? Oh, yeah. Skinless, man. Skinless was Last time they played Worcester Dude. was awesome. They got banned. Yes, you were there. <laughs> Cause, yeah, it was uh, upstairs. That one back when the the metal and hardcore fest was like 
really on fire. Yeah. And had, like, good talent playing. Mm. Not to say that they don't, but they've kind of watered it down a bit or stuck to the same bands every other year. But uh, back then, it was really something. And I remember Sherwood just being up there. He got up, like, kind of somehow climbed up to, like, the the balcony part and just stage dove, did, like, a flip yeah. into the crowd. And I... Th- I don't know if he injured somebody, but I know that like he got in some 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 kind of trouble for it. Some of the fondest memories of seeing shows as a child were skinless upstairs of the play. Oh yeah, they were killer. Fucking incredible yeah. times. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> sure, but sure, was an absolute madman of a frontman too. Oh. That guy, he was a he was a partier. We saw him. We met up. We played with them in Neurotic in Holland. Yeah. I had this next door room to him, and I was like a little fanboy faggot. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, hi, hey, Mr. Sherwood. Hi, I just want to let you know I was really young, and I love you a lot. He gets up there on stage. He starts hucking oranges before they even stop playing, <laughs> telling everybody he wants them to get their vitamin C and shit. I'm like, oh, God, this guy. Fucking all of us in abnormality, like, up there, like, fucking, like, at a Hanson concert. Fucking, like, yeah. fucking, like clutching them. Like, oh, we're he fucking. Knows, is, uh. <laughs> Is he still? Is he with him? I, I haven't. Really yeah, he's back. He's doing it. I haven't like really paid much attention to them or a lot of the older bands for that that matter. But I didn't know he was actually back in the band. That's pretty awesome. He, um, you know, I'm off right now. I don't even know if they've done an album with them, but they've definitely done some touring. Show. Yeah, and some um, I mean, well, Jason's singing with Origin like fully right now, so you know that's his that's his yeah. gig. But um, yeah, progression towards evil. That's high up there. I love the samples on that record. Oh yeah, <laughs> the samples on that album almost make that album for me. <laughs> and it's cool too because like, I don't think I know where any of those fucking come from, other than like that preacher reverend man with the fats and all that shit. Oh, like that's oh, like a YouTube video. And, like the little doll one asking to be the special friend, and the other guy talking about the huh? limbless, limbless oh, woman. Banging, yeah, tampon <laughs> lollipops, milk and innards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally, man. I can walk. I can talk. I can <laughs> even, even shit, shit my, my pants. pants. Can you <laughs> shit your pants? That's the dog. Oh. Yeah. Fucking death metal was glorious back then. It's, it sucks to see the Albany scene kind of fucking fizzle. Because nowadays, back then, Springfield was hot. And yeah. fucking oh. Albany was out of fucking control. Dude, Western Mass definitely had some great death metal bands. Remember La- was one of them. Remember Lacrimator? Yeah, I do remember Lacrimator. And a couple, uh, I think some of those guys ended up in Delusion, which was more of like a New Hampshire, Southern New Hampshire bass band. That's Mike Clayton from yeah, uh, Clayton was in that band from fucking Desolate. Yeah, one of the nastiest drummers he around. Absolutely, dude. man. He was. I mean, hell, he was playing that damn good before I really even knew how to play drums. So <laughs> it says a lot, you know, about him. And uh, yeah, he's he's sick. Yeah, probably one of my top five fucking. Right yeah, now, man. that kid. I, I used to love, I, I, hell, I love Desolate back. I still love him, but I, that Scourge's Sanity demo was something back in, got it back in 94. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, that was, even Delusion was killer. You know, Autumn Dawn, that demo. Um, you know, I mean, Massachusetts definitely had some really excellent, excellent death metal bands. Did you ever see Mike DeSalvo's old band, Infestation? Infestation, yeah. dude. I never actually got to see them, but they were uh, they were my favorite band out of Mass. My favorite death metal band that ever came out of Massachusetts. Really? Yeah. Conceived, that demo is like, that is it for like as far as all those bands. I definitely think they 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 honed it in. Really, just you know, they had the cellos, 
this really nasty, crunchy sound. Yeah. And they could actually, they, they, they wrote songs. It wasn't just like, a lot of bands had a tendency to write, have like run-on sentences of riffs and stuff. Right. But they really, they were crushing. Yeah. I wish I could have seen them. I mean, yeah. they broke up really early. And yeah, I think it goes back to those days like when they were playing Boston and there are just no all-ages shows to go see them. He tells that. Uh, I did an interview with Mike. He tells a great story about playing with Cryptopsy and Brockton at a keg party. And the cops yeah. came and showed up and took literally a 10 kegs. And the cops took all the beer and were just like, all right, guys, have a good time. And left. <laughs> Brockton like, cops? You don't say. Yeah, <laughs> you, yeah. you, I guarantee you they drank all that shit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's crazy. I just can't imagine fucking booking shows back then pre-internet. Yeah. I never got to experience Dude, that. Dude, it was, fucking I mean... It was a whole different thing back then, man. Like, people flyered at shows. You got to... It was a lot more social. Yes. You would you'd walk up to people, you would pass out flyers, and, like, people would go talking. Oh, you're in this band? Yeah. And it's like... It was a different kind of networking. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you would write to people. Hell, I used to write to Mike DeSalvo when I was, like, 10. And he lived, like, you know, five or six towns away. But, you know, we still wrote to each other. And it would take, like, you know, days to get there, uh, the letter. But you would always get, like, these these envelopes packed with, like, ads of other bands circulating their demos or trying to sell their demos. And it was a different method of advertising. And, you know, you would, you would spread those flyers, too. And you would kind of keep a couple that look cool, maybe, maybe buy a demo, maybe buy a zine, and then just circulate them around. And that was, it was definitely different. It was a little bit more, um, it was a bit more of a relay in it. Right, it wasn't. It didn't just stop at a with a Facebook invite. Yeah, you know there was a little bit more. There was an obligation to fulfill. Not even really an obligation. I think it was just. I, I don't really know what to call it, but um, maybe maybe support. Yeah, people weren't as distracted with the million other things going on around it. Mm-hmm. Instead, like you know, I would take time out of my day, like two hours, instead of doing homework, I would respond to letters. You know, and just in my notebook and just write and, you know, tape trade or send a zine out, trade zines, whatever. Your parents are totally cool with this. They're like, what's up a call? He's yeah. fucking over here fucking yeah. jotting down fucking. How was your book covers looking that <laughs> fucking like? Oh, dude, I had I had that, that the quintessential, you know, like brown paper bag book cover with like band stuff scribbled all over it. And some some lyrics that I'd think about while I'm spacing out a couple doodles. Uh, logos Got to have at least Two or three pentagrams On there <laughs> <laughs> You know Absolutely Couple couple goat horns Hello <laughs> What was the name Of the zine by the way uh, Neptune yeah. Nep Like the planet Neptune Or uh, yeah The planet The god Okay Yeah, yeah I find the <laughs> A lot of Greek gods Being used back then for <laughs> It's a very uh, Primitive fucking thought uh, I think every yeah. ba- every high school had a band named Apollo at one point. <laughs> <I can like. laughs> Maybe, dude. <laughs> yeah, something. Some, or something of that nature. I just got the name because I was zoning out in sixth grade and looking up at, like, you know, you'd have all the planets. Remember how I got, like, teachers right. over above the chalkboard? It would show, like, a poster of all the planets. And I'm just looking up. I'm like, nah, Saturn. Nah, Jupiter. Nah. Neptune. Yeah. And I did, like, a little bit of research on Neptune. And and the god himself, and uh, even like the alch- uh, the alchemical symbol really? for Neptune. Yeah, so I actually used a lot of that symbolism in my zine. Really? So yeah, it was a little bit. There was a little bit of a 
hidden meaning behind it. Yeah. I think there's, there's I like the ocean. There's a fucking speed metal band from like Sweden called Neptune, I think. Like they have a, a killer demo from like 86. Yeah. I don't I never heard of it. No. I mean, I, I know Neptune <laughs> Towers, but yeah. <laughs> Neptune's yeah, fucking first Daxorn album, right? Uh that's well, it's the song, but I, it's also a, Fenris had like this like side project called Neptune Towers, he had, like a couple records. It wasn't, you know, anything I'd write home about. Would you? What's your favorite uh, Fenris project other than the uh, Dactron stuff? Oh, is a oh, project of his. Hmm. Other than Darkthrone, I mean, obviously Darkthrone was the best, but um, probably Isengard. Fun drinking music. Yeah, Host Morke is definitely uh, is uh, however you pronounce it is <laughs> is definitely like a good drinking like you know. Yes. He's, he was probably drunk while he was recording like those oh yeah. <laughs> type of stuff you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Swedish <But> chefish. <laughs> yeah, and even that first record was uh, there were some pretty cool songs on that you know. Um, we took that in on New Year's Eve at a fire in like Saratoga. It's fucking was snowing out. Yep. Listen to that one. Couple beers. The vi- oh, Vinterskoga? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's some there's some good tunes in there. There's that um, what the hell's that song? Storm of Evil. It's, it's my favorite song on the record. But he's clearly using a Casio keyboard, <laughs> like the little harpsichord sound yep. on it. <laughs> you'll, now that I said it, you'll never I'm gonna be play able to it. hear it otherwise. I'm gonna play a few tonight. Yeah, please do. <laughs> right before we're about to go on, please play that. I'll. I'll I'll be like, okay, it's Josh. I'll Josh in action. <laughs> He's talking to me on this one. Yeah. Fucking right. Look at that harpsichord Casio sound, man. Let's check in. Um, I know we got a band waiting to set up here, so I don't want to hold them up. What's uh, going on with you and Soul Remnants? You've been very busy, I take it. Yeah. I mean, how yeah. many albums now you guys have? Uh, this is the third record. Uh, we actually recorded it a, uh, a long time ago. It was a pretty long process. I did the drum tracks almost three years ago My in, God. in September. Yeah, and then uh, uh, Tom and Chad recorded the guitars on their own, and they were pretty meticulous with that. And, and in that process, we had Rucho. You know what it's like to work with Rucho. He's, a, he's the man, but he'll, he'll make sure it, he'll, he'll, he'll take his time to get you the right mix. So, you know, we went through, like, a lot of uh, kind of back and forths with mixing, um, and it came out killer. So no, sh- you know, no um, complaints there. And then we, while we got it done, we started negotiating our contract with E1, and that took some time. And by the time we signed, it took them uh, some time to get their their ducks in a row. Yeah. And then it, it took about a year, a year for us to actually announce the signing and subsequent album release three months later, and here we are. Th- almost three years later, <laughs> we we have almost a, another record written. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's exciting. We like to be proactive. Or, you know, I don't know if we like to be. It's just, it's you know, it's incidental to, you know, waiting three years for a record to come out or to be done or whatever. Have you guys been? When did you form? Was it two thousand nine, <coughs> ten, um, then? I think the band formed in two thousand three, and I joined in. 2010. Okay. So I just came up on seven years of being in the band. So there's a uh, there's a BC a before calling. Yeah. And, and <laughs> all right. See, I, I I'm at the AC on this one. The after calling. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, Tom and Chad and I we we went to high school together. 
Really? Yeah. And uh, the original drummer of Soul Remnants, Tom, was in my former band, Frozen. He was our keyboardist. So we all jammed in his, like, upstairs apartment. He had, you know, he lived at well, his parents in high school, but he had, like, this, like, kind of, like, apartment slash jam room up in his, like, third floor of his house. So both bands, because they were all in, they're also an armory together. And we would all just kind of, after school, we would all kind of jam together, even though we had, like, our own respective bands. So we've known each other a long time. Where'd you guys go to school? Uh, North Middlesex Regional High School in Townsend, Massachusetts. Oh, God. Yeah. The sex to Pepperell. Yep. Yep. Uh, well, it was Townsend, Ashby, and Pepperell. Schools went there. Yeah, I met a couple kids from Pepperell in the IMA and packing lot. They were talking shit about Townsend. Were they really? Yeah. I was like, "Well, you guys, it's a very spicy sounding town, Pepperell." Like yeah, were, like were they? Yeah, <laughs> pep, yeah, it's Pepperell. Um, <laughs> were they wearing? Were they wearing drug rugs? No, they weren't. <laughs> 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 I mean, Pepperell definitely had. You know, being from Townsend, we always thought Pepperell kids had some sort of uh, air about them. Yeah. But it's funny because both Tom, Chad, and other Tom, Tom Vieira, who. I was just the original drummer in Soul Remnants. He, uh, they were all from Pepperell, and I was a Townsend guy. Really? So, but now Tom and Chad live in Townsend, so they they kind of um, they kind of they kind of figured out which town's better. Okay, yeah. all right. <laughs> I'm taking it all in. Yeah, man. Fucking deep, deep fucking local lingo, fucking <laughs> for uh, <laughs> the thousands around the world, considering yeah. where to visit in Massachusetts. Yeah. But it just speaks to the depth of the, how, how interesting the scene is, though, ultimately. Because there are, we were talking about Springfield, how crazy it was out there. Yeah. Worcester's been hot for a while. It stayed hot like this for fucking longer than Boston. Yeah. Boston was hot in the in the mid aughts or whatever you want to call it, fucking you know. But then you got Brockton too, which is a whole other world. Brockton mm. was fucking on fire. Even, even Providence has some stuff going on now. That's like, you know, it seems like it's, it's it's pretty happening down there. I personally think that Providence probably has the best scene in all of New England. It, that's what it seems like. I, I see a lot of action happening down yeah. there, you know. And uh, I just started going back down to Providence for shows and. We're playing there next week. Yep. And it, yeah, like the 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 metal is strong down there. There's great. Well, band. you wonder why? It's because mo- everyone, because Boston got so expensive for everyone. Everyone yes. just moved to Providence. I know tons of people that moved down there, and it's yeah. that's really what it boiled down to is expense. Yeah. And not to mention, two Providence is a lot easier to get around and fucking there's free parking. You know, the yeah, club scenes better. There's basement shows. La- yeah, there's less hassle, but there's a lot more smashing grabs too. Gotta watch out for that shit. Uh, they got the guy on tape. I, I've heard oh, about yeah. the. I've heard some allegations and Dude, situations. My roommate after the uh, the Helheim show, because Take didn't make it, he still went down to that show. Um, had his work computer in no his car. Way. They smashed it out. They, no they took way. his work computer. Oh. That's like a kind of a security breach. There's all sorts because you know he does. He works in ops, like tech. Oh. You know, so it was like some really sensitive stuff. So they, but they have ways. You know, like the IT team has ways of completely nuking the computer you know once it once the person turns it back on fuck so they can hack it fuck but yeah either way he, like he had to drive around like all night you know with like a busted out window that's <laughs> the worst yeah i had that happen years ago with somebody went down there smash and grab fucking grab the camera yeah You're driving home all miserable with a, it was like february with the window wide open you're like oh, <laughs> see, fortunately for him it was like a nice night it wasn't like yeah. a shitty winter night where it's like you know freezing rain <laughs> they have those people on camera though they, yeah like I, they, I heard about that yeah and that, that picture's been 
widely circulated. So I'm confident yeah. that the uh, the vigilante justice department hey, of Providence will street uh, justice is the best justice. <laughs> <laughs> they take care. It's of also it a down good Chromag song. <laughs> so tell um, let's wrap this up. Give us the final official plug. Where can we follow you? Where can we hear your thoughts? Um, and what about the Soul Remnants? Good uh, stuff coming. So up? yeah, I'm obviously on Facebook. I'm on Instagram now. Kind of funny. Um, personally, but with uh, Soul Remnants, we're on there too. Uh, I think we're on both. I'm not in charge of the social stuff on so, uh, for Soul Remnants much, um, and I actually need to update the website because I've been really slacking on that. I don't know if anyone even really goes to websites anymore, but for bands, right? But um, we're like shopping cats, like yeah, big cats. Hell, I mean, you know, definitely buy the record off of us. Support us uh, if you can, anyone. Um, What's the name of it? Uh, Ouroboros. Ouroboros? Yeah. Are we going to bore me with what's going on? Ouroboros. <laughs> I don't know. What it, it's, it's, the, um, it's the snake that swallows itself. It's a concept record. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's basically about like a dystopian society. You know. Donald Trump? I guess, no. Well, I guess it's the, be- the best way. Yeah. Maybe it's the aftermath of all this. But I think it's um, maybe the best way I could say is it's probably uh, the setting for when humanity gets completely disconnected from its technology in reliance on uh, third-party survival, and we get reduced down to instinct and how people react to that and how it really could become a survival of the fittest kind of environment, but then meanwhile people become infected by not only parasites but also madness which leads to the ultimate demise of everyone and everything. I didn't come up with a concept, but that's it, it's, it was more Mitch and Tom, but I think it's pretty, uh, it's it's pretty about wild. Being, it's huh? about being a vegetarian? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, exactly. obviously, that's, that's, that's when <laughs> vegetarians have to start. They have to resort to cannibalism at, at some point. It's just one <laughs> giant propaganda book for hunter-gatherer diet. That's, <laughs> that's all it is. That's really what it is. <laughs> Written by, uh, well, I don't know if Mitch is vegetarian anymore. Really? I, I think he still is. Oh, I think wow. He, I'm pretty sure he still is. If Mitch breaks his vegan edge tonight, yeah. I'm going to hug that kid. Fucking <laughs> like, that, that's extraordinary. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure he is, though. Um, every time I hang out with him, I... Yeah. You know, I think, yeah. I don't know. So, uh, but that, yeah, as far as, I mean, if anyone wants to get in touch with me, or write to the band, whatever, that's... Uh, those social outlets are generally the way to find me, you know, or, or the band to get in touch because... We're not big, you so get we're pretty responsive. Do you have your zine um, in PDF at all, by chance? You know, I was actually thinking about doing that because... Uh, That'd be cool to see, dude. Jason from, uh, you know, Misery Index? Yeah. He has a thing called uh, Send Back My Stamps. Really? Because when people used to write to each other, mm. they would put paste over their stamps. Right, right. To save money, and they'd, have, they'd send back stamps. Anybody and I trade yeah. with in Greece, i got to send back the stamps. Yeah, yeah, right. Because that's how they... <laughs> Well, their economy is a little <laughs> different right now, so they have to they have to definitely pinch where they can. But uh, yeah, so he has this thing, and oh, he told me years ago. He's like, "Hey, I really want like you to scan those Neptune copies." I probably should. I just haven't got around to it. Um, I just got some tapes. Well, that I'm awaiting. Uh, he's got a tape label too. I'm getting. He released Moonspell and uh, the new Grave. He's over in Finland. He just got married. Jason? Yeah. Really? We toured together, and I've known him. He was one of my oldest contacts. It's the first person I ever did a He's tape He's living trade. in Finland now? Yeah, guy. Wow. Netherton, right? Yeah. We're talking about the same yeah, chase. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. we had toured with uh, my old band, Kanai. We, we toured with Misery and Dex and Cataclysm uh, 
13 years ago. Oh, Christ. Wrong, so. um, yeah, I think Jean- Jean-Francois recorded them, too. He recorded, yeah, he, yeah. Did, uh, he did Retaliate. Yeah, Retaliate. That, that, it was that time of, uh, they were touring for Retaliate at the time. Okay. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, anyway, um, I still do have some hard copies laying around, man. I might be able to get you, get you on. Oh, I think it would be cool for everybody to see, because, I mean, that's like, yeah. it's, the, like, there's that picture. Uh, maybe you could let me use the picture of what you and Trey or whatever fucking for the inf- episode. Uh, I want, man. That was for cool, man. Sure. <laughs> All good. I mean, me with my parted bowl cut <laughs> when I was 12 years old. <laughs> wearing, a, wearing a Fear Factory shirt, extra large on a 12-year-old kid fitting me like a fucking parachute. Wearing <laughs> 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 a mini skirt. Like a <laughs> Just jump out of a helicopter. <laughs> Fear Factory. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see Night of the Demons 2 back then? No. Oh, it's no. worth your time. Covenant's <laughs> Blade in it. Rapture. It's killer. It's a silly little movie. Night of the Demons uh, 2. No, I don't remember that at all. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, right uh, on, buddy. Yeah, sorry I'm not super super fun and boisterous because I'm not drinking at the moment. It's all right. You're a vegetarian. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> a little subdued. You in-shape vegetarian just intimidating everybody. <sighs> hey, man. You know, it's. <laughs> I, I try to be. I mean... You know, I really kind of do it just to prevent myself from getting injured. Or, yeah. You know, as you get older, you know, things start to hurt. I climbed a nad knock like three <laughs> weeks ago. And my fucking knees still hurt. I'm a fat fuck. That's what I'm saying, man. You got to, <laughs> it's, you're, you're, it's your body telling you something too, you know. Yeah. And it's, sometimes it's hard to stay in tune, you know, with that. But I think it's, um, health. Once that, once that one thing goes... I mean, you throw your back out just walking down the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> you kind of you reflect a little on what you've been doing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But that's a good way to put it. When you're a drummer, the yep. body in tune is a drummer in tune. Well, especially playing this type of shit. Yeah. I have to, you know, I don't know, you know, I mean, you don't really see a lot of big drummers. I mean, maybe Gene Hoglund. Yeah. But I think he's, he's like downsized. One, yeah. And he's, he's an amazing drummer, but I, uh, he's the only one that comes to mind, really. You know? Nick Barker. Nick Barker, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But um, I don't know. I feel like you know, boxing, kickboxing definitely helps. Yeah. You know, I do. I do. I dabble a little bit in that too. You into MMA? I do like it. Yeah, I don't watch it. I don't follow it like uh, like a lot of people do. But I'll watch like the really good fights. You know. You you got a prediction to make on Mayweather uh, McGregor? I think. I think it's gonna be McGregor, dude. Really? I, yes, I love you, Colin. I, 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 think, I think it's gonna be. Honestly, I mean, May, uh, Merriweather's like he's he's uh he's awesome, but I mean, McGregor's just insanely. He has that. He just has a great defensive game. A, a game, yeah. Like he he just knows how to like. He doesn't even block. He just he just dodges. Mm-hmm. You know and. And he's he's been in the you know he's like that last fight with against Diaz was like one of the gnarliest fights I've ever seen. I know, you know, and like he already has like, it, I don't think Merriweather's gonna put that kind of beating on him. I don't think so. He's already conditioned to it. I love that picture. There's a meme of like Mayweather. Is it uh, Merriweather or Mayweather? No, it's Floyd Mayweather. Oh, okay. I didn't know how. Merriweather. I, I think it's Merriweather, isn't it? Merriweather. No, Mayweather. Uh, Mayweather and May. Yeah, Floyd Ma- Floyd Money Mayweather. <laughs> I've been pronouncing his name all fucking wrong this whole time. Merriweather? You've been calling Merriweather. Oh, shit. <laughs> it sounds British. Like <laughs> That's what happened when they picked him oh, up good at... Day. Merriweather. Yeah. When they fucking got picked up at Dunkirk, they were like, oh, it's fucking Merriweather today. <laughs> oh, it's a fine day, governor. I saw that last night. Dunkirk. 
that fucking new Christopher Nolan movie. Dude, yeah. fucking, yeah. it was awesome. Really? It's the best fucking Air Force. It makes Top Gun fucking obsolete with air fighting, dog fighting movies now. It's the most badass movie I've ever seen about the Air Force. Dunkirk. I'll yeah. check it out. Christopher Nolan's I have theaters. A, I have a little bit of a list of movies I want to see. I want to check out The Void. Oh, yeah, that's gotta, on Netflix check now. check that one out now. And um, I've been really slacking on a lot of shows. I, I don't really, unfortunately, I don't get to watch a lot of TV, but I want to get down with uh, the newest Twin Peaks. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That first episode, I really liked it, but uh, I gotta, I gotta get, I gotta check it out. Well, hey, let's wrap this up. We sure, got a man. band on stage yeah. right now waiting a sound check. We and talk uh, to you all day, man. You know that. I know you're a good guy. Yeah. You're a good guy. I like hanging out with you. Thanks for Thanks, being dude. here. Hope right you on. have a great set tonight. Hope so too. <laughs> Everybody, go buy the new Soul Remnants album on E1. It's called. Yeah. Aurora Borealis. Aurora, no, uh, uh, Aurora Borealis. <laughs> it's, it's uh, Ouroboros. Ouroboros. It's not the yep. fucking Northern Lights. It's Ouroboros. Yep. It's the snake that swallows itself. The, how do you spell that? O U O O U R O. Shit. This is this a spelling bee now? Yeah. B O R O S. Yeah. Ouroboros. Joe in Ohio need to know how to spell it. Yeah. So, you know, it's all good. Yeah, I kind of lost track halfway through spelling <laughs> the word, dude. Ah, it's all right. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Thanks for being here, buddy. Dude, thanks for having me on this. Cheers, man. Cheers.